Welcome back, Selfish Babe, to another Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. It is your girl, Olenike Osi here with another episode. And today I'm very excited to be bringing on this special guest because as you all know, I have went on a trip to Haiti because I wanted to learn more about Haitian voodoo. And today I have Mambo Shishifuye, who guided us in a lot of the ritual and ceremonies in Haiti. And so I can only guys give you my perspective as an outsider of Haitian voodoo who came to learn. And so I kind of want to give you guys a perspective of somebody that's in Haitian voodoo and you kind of get like that real authentic what is Haitian voodoo so I'm so excited to be bringing on Mambo Sheshe Fouye. Bonsoir tout moon I'm so happy to be here today thank you Olonike for inviting me. I'm so happy to have you. (laughs) Okay, so I know that a lot of my selfish babes, you know, just have a lot of questions just about Haitian voodoo in general. When I had made my podcast, just talking about my personal experience, I just did it from a perspective of can we just kind of stop talking about this is inherently evil? Can we just have another perspective being shown? Because even when I was showing my videos about, you know, the videos, the vlogs, you have some great comments like, oh my God, I've never seen this. This looks so beautiful. When can I go? But then of course you have the ignorant comments like, oh, you need Jesus. You need the Lord. Like this is evil. And so I'm just like, okay, hearing those comments <laughs> on a consistent basis is annoying. And so I just kind of talked about that, but I also wanted my selfish babes to kind of get the real deal, the real tea on Haitian voodoo. And I'm just happy you're here because like you grew up with Haitian voodoo, right? Selfish babe, are you ready to use products that goddesses use? Okay. Then you want to check out my company, Evolving Butterfly, where I create products that'll help you on your spiritual and self-love journey. I have our goddess vaginal detox pearls, which is my number one best-selling spiritual womb detox for those girls that really want to start connecting to their womb space, their yoni spaces. You pray over the pearls, you insert it into your vagina for a couple of days, you physically purge, cleanse, and revitalize your yoni, but not only that, it is a spiritual and emotional cleanse. A lot of times we may be carrying on to emotional baggage, maybe we broke up with a partner a long time ago, but we're still carrying their energy in our womb spaces. My Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls addresses all of that. And so you want to check that out at evolvingbutterfly.org, or maybe you want to try one of my crystal yoni washes like Pussy Power for self love or sex goddess for creative energy and pleasure energy or even wealthy woman for my selfish babes that are about getting the bag and the wealth these are plant-based yoni washes they are silky they are luxurious they smell good they feel good they give you that (laughs) cooling sensation to awaken your vagina and all the bottles come with different crystals pussy power with rose quartz uh, sex goddess with carnelian wealthy woman with citrine and then they also have affirmations on the back based on each bottle so if you want to focus more on self-love then pussy power would be for you and then we also have my queen's vaginal steam herbs if you already have your seat and your gown and you're just looking to get some more vaginal steaming herbs i have the queen's vaginal steam so make sure to check out my company evolving butterfly at evolvingbutterfly.org. links below Mwah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, my father um, was a huga. My great grandmother was a mambu, um, and it keeps going back, 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 back. Um, my grandmother um, was asked to marry the loa and to get initiated, um, but she she fought it, and she believes the reason why she has so much like 
I guess, like turmoil or what we call in the Creole, like misery yeah. um, in her life is because she didn't respond to the call. Hmm. And so she sees me as like her saving grace. So every time we have like ceremony or anything, she's like, put my name in, in it. Put Aww. my name in it. Like, <laughs> so, That's so funny. so funny. I'm like, you out here cheating, but okay, it's fine. I have a question to that. Yeah. Um, did she ever tell you why she never answered the call? Um, she and she. So I guess in a couple words, she would say like she um, she was afraid. Um, she has seen um, many sides of Vodou, um and many sides of Manji. Um, so there's there, I think a lot of people see magic done in Haiti and label it Vodou. Yeah. Um, you know there. I don't even think I would say there is a dark side to Vodou. There just mm. it just isn't Vodou. Mm. <laughs> you know, I like, like I think there is there is um Guinea and that is Vodou. Like Vodou is um light work. It is working with our ancestors from Guinea. And then there are people who do Maji. There's different like societies, different lineages and paths of Maji, Wanga, like Travai. Um, things that you can do in Haiti uh, where people might be a boko, which is like someone who is not initiated, but they're like a, you know, a magician or a <laughs> mm. witch or something like that. Doesn't mean that they're calling and the spirits, the loa, but they may call in zombies, they may call in demons, they mm. may use other areas of work. And I think if you don't have that education, you might just all put all of that in the category of vodou. Hmm. So you're um, saying the people that are doing those forms of magi, that that would not be considered vodou in general. It's just different types of magic. Yeah, I think hmm. it's the same if, um, how do I like, you know, I think if somebody, if you travel like to DR and you have Chinese food, Indian food, whatever it is, just because you're in DR doesn't mean you're having Dominican food. Like mm-hmm. you're having a experience of some kind of cuisine from another country in that country. Mm-hmm. So I think it takes knowledge to know like, okay, I'm in this country. I'm experiencing, you know, something that is in the country, but that doesn't mean that everything is well due. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandma just had seen like many different levels of work. Um, being done and I think she was scared of the lifetime commitment because yeah. Vodou is a lifetime commitment and she wasn't sure if she wanted to commit to it for life um, wow. I think that was her fear wow yeah, I think I that's what that. she meant again yeah. I'm translating this in English yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's beautiful that you know she wants to participate through you and you know you're carrying on the lineage so I think that's really cool yeah. And I really like that you kind of cleared that up because like that's kind of what I feel like the large majority of people say about voodoo is just like, oh, I've seen it done and this is evil. Or I've had Haitians in my comments that said, oh, my cousin practiced it and it wasn't good. And I'm just like me. I'm just like, well, with anything, I think it can be used in a negative way or positive way. But like you just said, Mm -hmm. you said there's no dark to voodoo. And so what they're doing would just be considered different types of magic right 
that's what I know and what I would say. Yeah. Um, and that's also what I've experienced. Um, yeah. You know, I have experienced like people throwing work, doing work, um, and they're not calling on the loa to do so. You know, there yeah. are people that can summon a spirit and do negative work, uh, which all I can't get into because, yeah. I mean, it's the same way people can do it in hoodoo. Yeah. Um, and in other practices, I think it's the same way with Christianity. People may say, well, there's a negative side. That's like Satan, like Satanism. Like, yeah. you know, there is names of that kind of work um, that is outside of the practice, but kind of might share some like similar patterns. And I think just because it's like, you know, the frame when you say just because we family don't mean we kinfolk. Not yeah. all folks are kinfolk. Not all Haitian folks understand the concept. A lot of people who are ICN, they leave um, Haiti, they go to the U.S., and they have little to no connection to Vodou in real life. Yeah, It's like they might be Haitian, they might have seen a ceremony, but they don't understand the Reglima. They don't, um, they're not a Vodou son. Yeah. You know, it's the same with like, you know, you can't assume every person that's Cuban understands Lukumi. Yeah. There are some some black people, some African people that understand Lukumi more than somebody who's Cuban. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's it's a spiritual practice that was born in a country. That doesn't mean that everyone who's Haitian understands voodoo more than anyone who's actually a practitioner. Yeah. So mm. it's a that. lot of miseducation. So yeah. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> now, I want to yeah. ask this question just for clarity for my selfish babes, because let's just say that we is on elementary basic level of voodoo. OK, so I'm mm. going to be asking a lot of questions that are very elementary, very basic, because, you know, people are just wanting to understand from that level. So in your words, how would you describe what is voodoo? Um, voodoo, I would say, is nature worship. Mm. Um, it is. It is a deep connection to nature. Um, I see Vodou as an ancestral practice. Um, you know, we know that it's Vongir, God, um, the ancestors, and the Loa. Like those are um, our three points um, of energy and forces that we call into the space. Um, and not to say that most ATR practices don't use um, ancestors in that way, but when we think of like the pet bull spirits, those are our collective ancestors that were born during the revolution, hmm. you know, they were created. And I can't think of any practice that has um, a specific pantheon um, of spirits that were born as like from a revolution or like ancestors of the nation. Yeah. Um, I think when we think of like the Odisha, we think of um, other spirits, they came from Africa and we have that in voodoo. And we also have, the Petwal lineage that was born literally in Haiti during the revolution, wow. who were human beings um, that, you know, were martyrs and they elevated as Loa wow. um, and became Petwal spirits um, or were born during the struggle, you know, a mix of many nations coming alive and being born. Um, so when I think of Vodou, I think of nature, I think of connection to the earth, I think of ancestral reverence. Um, and it's home. It's home for many people. Um, I think people are romanticizing voodoo, but not knowing why they want to choose it 
or not knowing why they feel a connection to it. And I think the lower are calling, you know, their children home, whether hmm. you are ICN and both your parents are ICN or, you know, you have a pinch of like Benin Togo lineage in you. I think everyone is feeling a connection um, to Vodou in some way um, because your ancestors near and far, ancient and present are calling you to the practice, calling us home. Hmm. Yes. How does one romanticize voodoo? Or what have you seen as a romanticism <laughs> of voodoo? <laughs> um, I see it like it's heavy, like it's so heavy, like it's okay. heavy. When I think of the romanticization of voodoo, sorry, baby, baby is crying. <laughs> oh, I don't even hear him. When I th- oh wow, okay, headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of. They're like, oh my God, Frida. Oh my gosh, I love Frida. And it's like, why do you love Frida? Like, who is Ezra Frida to you? Mm-hmm. You know, you have people that have never been to a fet. Um, they've never been to anything authentically voodoo, but yet they have this obsession with voodoo. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Ezra Dante, that's my mother. Same way I would say, like many years ago, when people became like, started romanticizing the Oisha. Oh, Oshun is my mother. Yeah. Oshun has my head. And you never had a divination. Yeah. You never had a divination. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing, (laughs) nothing like that. But all of a sudden, Oshun and Oya are your mother. And you've never like gotten your Ori read. Like you've never gone through an initiatory process. Yeah. It's very much so what I feel is happening now. Can you hear him Mm. crying? I literally don't hear him. Okay. Yeah, I was like, let me pause and be quiet. I'm like, I don't hear anybody. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I would say it's the same with Vodou, um, where people are like, oh, Goon, Ejili, Donto, Frida. Oh my gosh, like feeling a like a connection or these are my spirits. Like so many times people are like, oh, my metet is da-da-da-da. I'm like, number one, like that is not common knowledge. You yeah. know, same with like, for example, you were like, yeah, Oya has your head. Yeah. It's not the same path in Vodou. Like, yeah. no one should know who has your head. Yeah, It's not something that you speak about. And so I think a lot of people are getting excited and romanticizing the secrecy of Vodou. Hmm. I can hear that. I can see both perspectives. Um, I can see both perspectives because for me, even practicing Lukami, you know, I just like was around different priests and priestesses, learned a few things. And then I'm like, okay, I learned a lot from different Oshun priestesses. And I would read about Oshun on the interwebs or in books. I'm like, oh, I feel connected to this Orisha. Like I really felt connected to this Orisha. And then being in Lukami, um, you know, I hear that often just about, well, oh, now Beyonce is Oshun, so everybody wants to be Oshun. Like, you know, now everybody wants to be Oshun, but they really don't know. But I get both sides because even for me, like, I don't, I personally don't feel like, even when I went on the trip, I didn't feel like, okay, I'm connected to any specific um, Lua. I just wanted to Mm -hmm. learn. But um, there was this one lady I was introduced to to Frida. And I'm like, the Mm -hmm. reason I was in, like, I had a 
likeness to Frida is just because the sense of luxury. That was it, period. I don't know anything else about Frida. All I know is that a sense of luxury. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I like that. That's nice. But that's really it. And so I can see mm-hmm. both sides, you know. Um, but I don't I'm even think that- it's a side thing. I think it's just, it's rom- It's like when we think about fetishizing people, things, objects, or romanticizing things, like it's not how it's about when we think of like how someone can fetishize something, it's because they don't have a connection to the people culture or people or culture and they feel some kind of like fan, like unspeakable love and like I like some weird shit, like to <laughs> okay. something that they don't have ownership to, which okay. is, you know, strange to me. You know, okay. I think. I think it's one thing if you, like you just said, you came to Haiti, like humbly, honestly, wanting to know the people, the culture, the spirituality, all of that. That's humility. That's love. That's not, you're not fetishizing. You're not romanticizing. You literally came humbly and submerged yourself into the culture. You got to know the people. You got to know the language. You got to know the spirits. That is real shit. Like that is a real connection. That isn't, oh my gosh, I found all these books that are written by white people talking about voodoo and have no connection to the people, the culture, the language. Yeah. Like that is a different, that is a different thing. And so that's what I mean where I, we live in this generation where people are not connected Mm. to any aspects of voodoo, especially the people in the country, the culture, the language. Yeah. But like, want to say oh i have this connection with the spirit based off of some google searches yeah which isn't authentic yeah so i think i don't even think there's size i think that's the world we live in like we live in this whether people want to call it age of aquarius or not we live in this age where um you know people are seeing atrs like fast food Hmm. you know like they they feel they had a dream and then the next day they want to get initiated yeah right like we're having like these microwave initiations. Like we're having these, like I had a reading and I'm supposed to be initiated. So many people message me. I have a reading. I'm supposed to be initiated in three months. Wow. Like I know so many people. Who are they getting readings from? Girl, I'm (laughs) telling you. I know so many people who, who once they get a taste or introduction to voodoo, like I know people who have come to me or like watched a video or done something very minimal. I'm like, yeah, I really en- enjoyed this experience. I went and found somebody else who was willing to initiate me after knowing nothing. I'll be initiated. That's months. a problem. And that's unsafe. No, this, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is what I mean. Like we live in a world where um, like the, tri- like people are self-initiating and the the sacredness of these practices aren't being honored in the way that they've been honored for generations. Yeah. Like these these processes are important. Like, you know, this is why me and Miela really wanted to have this retreat. Yeah. It's so that we can show people like the heartbeat of voodoo. Yeah. Like really like laugh with the people, like go to the beach like really have a fet in our lafu, like in our home, like yeah. really be a part of that experience. See how we do the sacrifices, see everything. It was not only uh, in like you were submerged in it, but it was also a learning experience. Yeah. Like before we did things, we tried to explain as much as we could, but 
you know, people at the end were like, y'all were like, bonsoir. We were doing what they could. And I'm like, that is what is real. Like, you know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like their entry point to voodoo is initiation. Mm-hmm. But the entry point is actually getting to know the loa. Yeah. Like going to Ogun face to face and saying, Ogun, like, do you have a message for me? Yeah. Like that is connecting to Vodou. Sure. That is building a relationship with the spirits that is not about romanticizing, mm-hmm. oh, I have this relationship with Ogun, but has never, you know, done work for Ogun, has never made offerings for Ogun and hasn't actually done the work to actually have a connection with the spirits, right? Yeah. And you see it when Ogun says, I don't know you, or Ogun says, I know you. Yeah. I've known you for many years. You know, that happens. That happens. Yeah. And I've seen it happen where some people who have been like, oh, like Ogun is my husband. And then when they see Ogun, Ogun's like, who is that? Yeah. Be like, yikes. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot look. <laughs> I cannot look. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, if you haven't, I'd be crying. I'd be having to run to another room and cry and laugh. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. So wh- what is a mambo and what is a hugan just for like the baby steps? Okay. Um, a mambo is a mother of magic. Um, a hugan is a father of magic. Um, and Mambo means like you are a woman, um, femme-identifying um, priestess um, of Vodou, and a hugan is male, male-identifying um, priest of Vodou. Hey, Selfish Babes, old and new. I don't know if you guys know, but if you follow Selfish Babes since 2018 or 2019, then you know I have a free self-love and daily affirmations app called Selfish Babe. Many of my Selfish Babes have found me, Oleniki Osibowale, through my app, Selfish Babe. But if you are a new Selfish Babe and just have happened to hear the podcast and happened to hear my voice, but had no idea that I had a free self-love and daily affirmations app, then please go to SelfishBabe.com slash app and download the app or go to your app store and search selfish babe any app store so that's the apple store or that is the google store and you can download it for free we have over 208,000 selfish babes globally on the app and i want you to become one of them you're gonna get daily affirmations and reminders and let me let you guys know that my affirmations and reminders are not the everyday bland everyday affirmations okay you're gonna get a little curse word or two okay a little reminder that you a bad bitch okay so you're gonna get a little bit a bit of those reminders okay so you want to download selfish babe today for free in your app store link below Mwah. love you guys thank you and you are haitian right yeah. you know i'm asking these questions for everybody don't don't you know i'm asking for everybody you, right yeah. okay right, right, so right. as a haitian um, what brought you to Voodoo? I know like you grew up with it, but I'm asking this question because I know personal Haitians that do not want any connection to Voodoo at all. And they go with the same thinking of no parts of it, evil, don't want to do it. And so I'm asking as a, a Haitian who is actively practicing Haitian Voodoo, what brought you to this? Um, the spirits called me. Like I think, <laughs> I think that can sound very vague and um, flat, but that's really what it was. Um, mm. I 
I did grow up having a connection to Vodou. Um, like I had La Vitette really young, like in my teenage years. Um, I, you know, had witnessing, ex- you know, ceremonies. Um, and I think is, you know, like when you grow up in the church, um, you may go to church and then when you get older, like you become distant to it. Yeah. Um, Vodou was something that was very demonized. I'm both Haitian and Gullah Geechee. Yeah. Um, so my family who is Geechee demonized my Haitian side. Yeah. Um, so with, there were elements of it that I like were, was distant to and didn't want to like dive like deep into. Yeah. Um, and then I have also, and I do practice Ifa. Yeah. Um, so I have had my hand in Ifa for um, about 10 plus years. Yeah. Um, the year I was preparing for initiation, well, the year I got initiated into Haitian voodoo, um, I was also preparing for initiation into Ifa. Yeah. Um, now, Ifa is something I chose. It is not something where I'm like, the spirits told me I have to do this. It was like something that I loved and I fell in love with the practice. And I wanted to serve the the Orisha. Like that was something yeah. deep in my heart. I traveled to Cuba, Trinidad, Barbados to really understand a more Caribbean um, lens of Ifa. Um, yeah, tr- uh, Trinidad and- is on my list, by the way. Yes, I've traveled to Trinidad like five times to go to different Ile's. Like it's been powerful mm. for me. Um, I've stayed for months. Like yeah. I've really like submerged into my practices um, in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, so I I was preparing for my Ifa initiation, and I was having a lot of blockage. Like the money wasn't flowing. Like. I was having a hard time raising the money. Like it was hard for me to just get support um, for my family. Like it was just a lot of blockage. Yeah. And I had to just get a divination. I did it. I divined on it and it was clear as day. They're like, there is an ancestral practice that you need to initiate into that you're ignoring. Um, And, you know, of course it's an Ifa divination. So it's not going to say it's voodoo. But all the signs were pointing to me initiating a voodoo. So then I got a reading um, from, you know, <laughs> I got a hoodoo reading, a voodoo reading. I got so many different readings to confirm what I was feeling and experiencing. Yeah. And it was was as clear as day that like voodoo was my path and is my path. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times when you are chosen by the spirits and you are ignoring the call, you will start to see a lot of like misery and struggle and strife in your life. And that's what was happening to me. Like everything felt like it was like falling down. Like I feel like everything was like, like it was like terror. Like it was the worst moments of my life and I couldn't understand what was going on. And I had, you know, like since I was a kid, like I had received a lot of prophecy. Like when I was in my mom's womb, like, she was prophesied to about my priesthood journey when my mother was nine months pregnant. And like when I was nine years old, um, I went to like a revival. If you're Christian, you know what a revival is. <laughs> I went to a revival, like my family is Pentecostal. I went to a revival and um, the pastor was like, she's going to be a priestess. And my mom was like, no, you mean like a, a pastor? She was like, no, she's going to yeah. be a priestess. 
Yeah. Like my family was like, oh, we need to lay hands on her. We rebuke this. Wow. You know, <laughs> so it was a big thing. Like I always had like prophetic dreams and visions. The spirit spoke to me at a young age. Um, I went through a lot of like spiritual connection. I think I had to accept the fact that this was my path and journey. And once I did that, everything has come with ease. Um, and I think sometimes when we fight, um, I think it's two things. When we fight our purpose and destiny, we will have struggle. Mm-hmm. When we forced a destiny that is not our own, we will have struggle. That's true. And That's I true. experienced that in the two, the, in in both ways. Yeah, I was forcing my like Ifa initiation that wasn't for me, and I had struggle. Yeah. I was ignoring my destiny, and I had struggle. Once I accepted it, and I said, "Okay, I'm not meant to get initiated to Ifa. Voodoo is my path." I had the money for my voodoo initiation in like four days wow. when I was like fundraising for a year for my. They E-5. said, like, "They said you ready, girl? Here the money." Like, <laughs> I remember. I remember. It was like the most humble thing of my life. I sat at my altar with just like a plain, like glass, white candle, like no extra nothing. I wasn't dressing nothing. I just lit that candle and I was like, you know what, y'all? I surrender. Oh, if this is what y'all want for me. Give me the money like this week. And Absolutely. I would like, I surrender. Wow. I surrender. It's in your hand. And I'm telling you, it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like, it was intense. Like, intense. Even my family who had been quiet about voodoo for a long time, like, they, like, came out the closet and was like, I practice. Oh, my God. And I was like, what is wow. happening? Like, <laughs> it became, and it was like, when I was going the Ifa way, it was like so much, like, conflict. And it's like, voodoo has brought my family, like, together. Wow. So it's like, it was like divinely ordained and, like, definitely called for. It's like, I had been having dreams since I was a kid. And it's like, when I got initiated, and I came and moved to Haiti. It was like all these dreams I was having from, from a young age, like, w- became real. Yeah. Um. I, I was very that's... long-winded, but... Oh, no, we love it. Okay, we love the <laughs> details and everything. I know my selfish babe love the details. I love the details as well. Okay, so it's nothing wrong with no long-windedness. Okay, storytelling. Thank you. Um, okay, so you accepted your path to voodoo, and you talked about moving to Haiti. And um, yeah. my question is, did you move to Haiti because of your initiation into voodoo, or you decided on your own that you, that or your spirit said, hey, go to Haiti, so this is where I'm going? Um, it was a multitude of many different things. Um, I am someone that, you know, I practice ATR. So I practice a, a, a different, you know, I have little connections, different practices, Ifa, Dagra, Lupumi, um, of course, Voodoo, um, Voodoo, different practices I have different connections to and I travel and get to know the practices. Yeah. Um, and I had been traveling since I was 18, like spending like three months to a year in different places. Yeah. Um, and I got to a point where I said, I need to go home. Yeah. Like I had been to Cuba, Trinidad, Barbados, like mad different places that practice these ATR systems, Brazil, like, and I was like, okay, like I need to go home. And I felt that calling as a, like, even when I was young, like, all my cousins, we would, like, talk, like, oh, one day we're going to go to Haiti and have a big house. Yeah. You know, that was definitely a dream yeah. um, that we would be able to, like, go home and have a big house. Like, I always wanted to have that experience. 
Yeah. Um, I wanted to come and like meet my family that's in Haiti. It's like, you know, being I'm first generation. So it's like I only have a pinch of family that is in the US. And then a lot okay. of my family is still in Haiti. Okay. So, you know, we had a dream to reunite and connect to the land, like come back home. And it always seemed like very distant because, you know, once it's it's sad to say, but once, you know, some folks that are ICN come to the US, um, it's like it's like you're trapped there. It's like you yeah. dive deep into like these trauma um stories of what happened and what can happen. And they're afraid to come back. A lot yeah. of Haitian folks that come, like say it's your grandmother that came to the US. She then raises her kids and her kids raises their kids to be afraid of coming to IT. Yeah. I can even like my aunt who was born in Haiti. She was like, I haven't been back to Haiti since I was like, since I left when I was like seven. Wow. And she was like, and you weren't even born or raised in a country and you lived there. You built a home, you built a business, you gave birth in Haiti. Like I would have never imagined doing that because I've been afraid. And she was like, you have lifted that fear that I have. And she's like, I don't even know where it came from. She's like, I don't even know where it came from. She's like, I was seven when I came to the U.S. Why am I afraid? And like me and her have, you know, me and my family have been calling me and like trying to like decolonize where is this unspoken fear coming from when they've not had any traumatic experience themselves. And so when we talk about generational trauma, it's like our our family that go through their migration have some kind of trauma connected to their birth land. And then they pass it on to their kids without yeah. giving like a proper, like, you know, you know, Caribbean people, you, you Jamaican, yeah. like we can hold on to some secrets. Yeah. We can hold on to some secrets, just black people in general, Southern yeah. folks too. Like you be having deep, dark secrets and you won't sell the whole story. But I just told you, don't go. You don't need to know why. <laughs> You know, it's like, okay. And so that kind of happens. And so it's like you, some folks that don't know, they just blame it or blame it on voodoo, blame it on this, blame it on whatever, why they can't come, like blame it on the gang, blame it on this. And so everyone starts to see all of IT is for the Prince, mm-hmm. like not like there isn't um, Okai, there isn't um Jack Mel that isn't Gunai there's not Gunguab like all these different places mm-hmm. of IT exist and I think we just see what the propaganda is happening in the U.S. wants to see and tell us yeah. instead of having a real lived experience like my yeah. family's always like oh my god I saw this on the news are you safe is everything okay <laughs> I'm like I'm at the beach eating grilled fish I'm good <laughs> we're good yeah, I, I just came out from bathing in the ocean. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I think what your aunt spoke to you about in terms of you coming to Haiti, building a home in Haiti, having a birth in Haiti and just living in Haiti. I feel like mm-hmm. from her perspective seems remarkable. And I think that mm-hmm. that's amazing because I think sometimes what I was talking about in my last podcast episode is just like your family or close friends may not agree with certain things that you are doing for yourself that you feel called to do, but then you go ahead and do them. And that may, as she has said, lifted the fear of what she, she had this unspoken fear about Mm -hmm. coming back, but she sees you physically in Haiti doing your thing, still alive, still thriving. And she's (laughs) like, wow, how is she doing that? You know, and so it just changes her perspective and you continue to walk on your path. And that's what I tell my selfish babes a lot is that 
you may have family members or friends that don't agree with what you're being called to, but nonetheless still go, still do the thing that you're feeling called to. You may change their mind. And the point is not to change their mind. The point is just to follow your personal path. And so I think you being there, you building a home there, Mm. like, I just feel like this like warmth, like, damn, that's so amazing. So I just feel like that's Mm. like that, what she said, I'm just like, it must seem really remarkable. And you're Mm. right. Um, there is a lot of fear around Haiti. And even for me in before going on the trip, I'm just like, okay, we're hearing about these kidnappings, like what's going on. And it's just like, when we got there and we were in Jack Mel, you're just like, people are living, people are thriving, people are going to school, going to work. And it's like, not everywhere is port au prince. And so it's just like, Oh, I can come back. I can come back. I can come back. And it's just like, mm-hmm. for me going there, I didn't really say I, yeah, I told my mom I was going to Haiti, but I didn't really say what for. But it's just like going there. I'm just like, even for me, has lifted off that fear that I had. I will say as a person just living in the U.S., I think, I mean, you just hear the news. You just hear the news. That's mm-hmm, all you mm-hmm. hear is like, I haven't heard good news from Haiti on the news, period. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that. And yeah. so for me, it's just like if we're going based on the news, it kind of is like it's like you almost demonize the whole damn country. And it's just like that's right, not right, 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 right. And then that's why as we've talked about Haiti has been a category four for however long. And so people, they're just saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. But I don't ever know when they'll say, Hey, it's green. It's a green light. Let's go. I don't know if that's going to happen. I would like that to happen, but I just love the way that you describe that. And for my selfish babes that have a connection to Haiti, um, I'm just so grateful that you were just able to hear that because even when I posted, I think I had an old college mate and she was in, um, and she's Haitian as well. And she was just like, saying that she kind of felt a connection but was scared and like she just Mm. never seen it posted like this like in a like just a different light and it's just like I feel that way about maybe like newer generations right I'm Jamaican I wasn't born in Jamaica I was born in Florida but I have Jamaican roots and every other month I will be in Jamaica my mom would not go back to Jamaica I'm in just in Jamaica and so for some people even family in Jamaica they're just like well I'm not sure why you keep coming back but you know everybody has a different lived experience like although life in America may seem one way there are certain things that we're missing like a sense mental and emotional wellness is important I'm so grateful that more and more people are openly talking about going to therapy selfish babe if you have been thinking about getting therapy I would highly recommend it an easy way to find a licensed therapist would be through a company called BetterHelp, the sponsor of this episode They've helped over 2.5 million people connect with a therapist and get the accessible therapy that they deserve. Prices are affordable, and they even have financial aid options. To check them out, go to betterhelp.com slash selfishbabe or click the link in the show notes to get 10% off your first month. Love you. Mm -hmm. of community nature Mm -hmm. sunlight like just this sense of freedom right whereas maybe in America like everything even though there's quote-unquote order that order can feel almost like confinement and like in certain places there's not a lot of nature where somebody from the Caribbean may be like oh I want to go to foreign and foreign is America and that's their major life Mm -hmm. goal and that's their dream and so for my selfish babes listening if you are Haitian and you feel that connection you know I just like that you guys heard that but I want to ask you a question um um the walk of a priestess because you are a priestess, 
How would you describe that walk? And what is it to you? How has it been for you? Because as we know, on Instagram, sometimes we see some ladies that say, oh, I'm a priestess. I'm a priestess. I'm living the priestess life. And they may not be initiated into anything or they may be self-initiated, as you said. But how would you describe the walk of a priestess from your (laughs) lived experience? Oh, oh, you be getting right to the point. You're like, no, (laughs) this is what it is. So what you got to say? I'm here for it. (laughs) Um, I, I would say that it is beautiful. It is sweet. It is generous. It is hard. It is big. It is wide. It's so many different things. Um, sometimes I feel like the weight of the world is on me. Um, I am a mom bull that lives in Haiti. Um, I have responded to the call of my spirit and I have been blessed and I'm honored um, to have received the call, received the dream, and acted on the visions that the spirits have given me. Mm. Um, and I have big faith, big trust, and mm. I'm constantly doing things to serve Eloa, to serve the spirits. Mm. And, you know, there there is a community around me that doesn't have a lot and need a mm. lot. Um, and we're always getting knocks on our door. Uh, we're always um, being asked um, to give. I'm always trying to find ways to um, offer jobs, bring income um, to folks in my community. Um, usually when I do work for people, I invite other mambos and hookahs that are in my community to help with the work. And I also pay them as well, yeah. um, which is what a laku is, you know, and vodou Nothing is meant to be done alone. It's like we're held accountable by the spirits because we do things in community. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be doing something. If I get mounted, who is going to give the message of what the spirit is saying if I'm mounted? Yeah. And so voodoo is about community. community. Yeah. Someone is calling the spirit. Someone is getting mounted. Someone is taking the messages. Someone is getting the water. Someone is getting the fans. Someone is getting the mushfa. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many elements of what makes it community. Yeah. And one of the reasons of why I moved to Haiti was not just because it was um, a childhood dream. Um, I wanted to be a true, authentic mambo or voodoo Aisyen, of Haitian voodoo. And that meant moving to Haiti and being submerged by voodoo 24-7. Just today, I'm still wearing the clothes from a, a Maje Cousin, yeah. right? And, you know, to me, being a mumble is being a mother of magic. Mm-hmm. You know, like I started to feel my my legs shift and change mm-hmm. and started to feel I was about to be mounted by. I was on the verge of being mounted by cousin. I started to feel myself leave. Yeah. And another mom would grab me and was like, oh, the baby's crying. So I was like, you know, and so I'm running out of the temple to go and breastfeed my baby. And yeah. like that is like being a priestess, being a mother of magic. Mm-hmm. is like balancing both worlds mm-hmm. you know and and I'm still learning I'm still yeah. learning I'm a student I'm a teacher I'm a mother of magic and a mother of literal flesh mm-hmm. um which is divine and beautiful I've been raising my child in voodoo since I found out I was pregnant yeah you know and so that is a mambu is raising your family your flesh your blood in the practice and knowing that my initiation is not just about myself. It is about the generations and the legacy that is going to be born mm-hmm. through me and by me wow. and committing myself and surrendering myself 
beyond like this flesh and blood, but my flesh and blood um, wow. to continue the lineage. And like my husband is also Hugan. So we have like talked and dreamt about, you know, what is the legacy we want to have and how we want our great, 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 great grandkids to continue to be like, like you say, bon, like for example, you had asked me, is it Sheshe Fouye, Bon Mambo? So when I say my literal name is Sheshe Fouye, Bon Mambo, that means my name and Bon is good, like the good Mambo, right? Mm. And so all of us, we have our Mambo or Hougan name, Bon Hougan, Bon Mambo, because our intention and our purpose in life is to be a Bon Mambo, is to be a good Mambo. Okay. To serve the spirits, to serve the community, to serve our laku, which is like our yard, our compound, our community, like near and far. And so that is um, what a mambo is like. Yeah. I know, I hope that makes sense to people. It does. You know, it could be like being a mambo is like when I wake up in the morning, not just making food for myself, but food for 15 people for whoever knocks on the door when they come. Wow. You know, that is my every day. Wow. Um, and I hope we realize like this journey, it can't be, it can't be selfish. Like yeah. <laughs> I hear you in, 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 in our friends that are listening, yeah. but in the, in the context of like, it's a selfless journey yeah. of surrendering to like, there's times when I'm like, I need some privacy. And yeah. it's like, I got like 10 people in my yard. And yeah. my privacy is me closing my bedroom door. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I get that. I get that. And I just felt like what I just hear is living in community. We're living in community, yeah. living in community. And even mm-hmm. when you were talking about being in ceremony, almost being mounted by cuisine, and then like the other mumble is like, oh, your baby needs to be fed or, or your baby's crying and you ran out. I just like could visualize that. Like I could just kind of see you <laughs> running out, like, you know, in a rush and, um, I don't know. I felt like I was reading a book, if that makes sense. Sometimes when I'm reading a book, I can really like imagine something. And I just kind of felt that way when you were telling that mm-hmm. story. I don't know if book writing has mm-hmm. ever been on your agenda, but that's what I felt like. And I was like, oh, this would be a nice book. <laughs> that's just what the thought that I had coming. Like, it just felt it's that in way. my life. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, this really be my life, though. And I'm just like, I was like, damn, sweating and everything. It's like, yeah. I, w- I do want to touch on that, though, now that we brought it up, because for me and for my selfish babe. So for me, a selfish babe is the woman who selfishly and authentically loves herself, pours into herself, mm-hmm. c- creates the life of her dreams. And the reason um, why we had I decided to use selfish is because I wanted to take selfish from a negative connotation to just a more positive connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I'm thinking about women, women are always giving, 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 nurturing, 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 all the above. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, we can do so much more. Um, when we pour into ourselves, that's just really what it's about. And so you, I want to ask you, what do you do to pour into yourself? Uh, and it kind of like feeds into it a little bit. Like when I was like, no offense to anybody that is a selfish babe, like you can still be selfish and selfless. Yes. Um, I think it's a, it's a hard balance. Like I have to be real with you. It is yeah. a hard, hard balance because like I said, being a mumble is about being selfless. Yeah. And I know so many, like my spiritual mother, her daughter, who like, I'm like, did you sleep today? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, they will feed like 500 people and sleep two hours. Wow. And it 
it is a surrendering that like voodoo is so much about surrendering it's so selfless mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think when I think about my grandmother, like she was afraid of like what a surrender would look like yeah. that like couldn't be told. Like you don't yeah. know what it looks like or feels like you just know you're surrendering your life for eternity. Yeah. Like what does that look and feel like? Um, like there's no divorcing or like uninitiating in voodoo. Yeah. You know, like in some practices, you can lay your elekes or your hand to rest. Yeah. But that's not a thing in, in voodoo. Yeah. Um, so it is hard. I will say that, you know, to everyone, like there, there is moments where I want to be um, selfish and I do yeah. have them. Um, they're not big moments, but they're, they're big enough for me. Yeah. Um, and it might be like, Hey, like, I have a newborn and well, not even a newborn anymore. I have an infant yeah. and, um, you know, we need to sleep in like y'all cannot show up at our house before 10 o'clock. Yeah. You know, like that is me being selfish. Um, Sundays, Sundays, I don't do any readings unless yeah. it's like an absolute like dire emergency. Yeah. You know, like something like that. Um, yeah. But usually I don't read on Sundays. I don't do work on Sundays and voodoo Sundays is like, um, like God's day. Yeah. Um, it's also like Dambala's day. It's like, you know, a day to relax and breathe and um, center yourself. So I honor um, Dimash. Like I honor Sunday. I usually go to the beach um, with my family um, and relax. Um, mm -hmm. But I will say, you know, every day is a spirit's day. Yeah. Um, so I usually have a lot of work to do, um, but I do try my best and I'm like in full, like, you know, accountability. I do need to be more selfish yeah. um, with my time and energy as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and I try my best to set boundaries. And I think sometimes when people know that you're a priest or you're initiated in a system like they every everyone is in a place of crisis and yeah. um i think they forget to have honest boundaries yeah um like i need you now like people will call me i've never met you a day in my life will call me from instagram like 20 times in a row oh, no. like i need your help now and i'm like mm, what you can do that's the fastest way to get blocked, reading. in my opinion. But hey, I get it. Uh, That's the fastest way to get blocked. Like, I don't like that. You're not about to call me on fucking Instagram. But I get right. it. Like, I can have some compassion. One, two, three, right. this is the steps. Right. But that's the fastest like, way to get I, blocked I feel, for me. I hear your passion. So, <laughs> no, I definitely, I definitely, if I feel unsafe or, like, uncomfortable, I will block somebody and remove somebody. Yeah. I am very big on not disposing black people um, yeah. because I've been in places where like people have like ended relationships or connections or whatever the case may be. And it has scarred me. Mm. So I, in my practice, believe that black people are not disposable. And so even if a person does not, I cannot work with the person, I send them to someone else and yeah. I wish them well. And have the day that you deserve. Like, yeah. be on your way. Yeah. You, we are not called to work together, but may you be well. <laughs> Ashe. Ashe. No, I liked 
you sharing some of the things that you do and creating your own mm-hmm. boundaries. Like, you know, people mm-hmm. can't come before 10 o'clock or certain things like that, because mm-hmm. um, those things are important. You may call them small, but they make a big impact for you and your energy, mm-hmm. because what you're giving is a lot of your energy. And it's like, without the energy, there's not much to be given, right? You serve a big community. And so I think you having those boundaries is beautiful. And and that's just what it is in terms of being a selfish babe or having some type of selfishness is just that, like, what do we need for ourselves? And so I'm happy that you shared that. I think that's really important. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I I can look at my own godmother, and I'm like, being a godmom or being a priestess is not easy, like, especially Mm -hmm. when you have godchildren, and you're serving the community. And all these things. And I think sometimes people do forget the human behind the work that you do. I think sometimes people naturally can forget the human behind the work that you do. And so, um, yeah. I, and the reason I had asked about that priestess question is because, you know, even for me on the outside looking in, I'm like, as a, a person that has godchildren, not me, I don't have any godchildren. I don't know if I ever will. One day we'll see it. It's not something that I'm like mm-hmm. craving to do, but um I'm like, damn, this is a lot of work. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I'll say. Damn, it's a lot of work. There's a lot to be given. There's a lot that's done, a lot of big moments, a lot of gratitude, but it's a lot of work. And I feel like in terms of maybe the romanticizing that we had talked about earlier, mm-hmm. I don't think that people see that because even when mm-hmm. I had asked mm-hmm. a question on my Instagram, I said, hey, I'm interviewing somebody that's in Haitian voodoo. What are your questions? I had at least three people ask me about initiation. That was that was that was their that's so that was their first question. How do you get initiated? How do you and get initiated? Them, have you have you ever been to a ceremony? And I guarantee you, I put a hundred dollars yeah. on it. Never. But even <laughs> even that, it's just like I think a part of that, like we talked about the romanticizing. I'm like, y'all, it's a lot of work. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot that you don't see. It's a lot of work. It's <laughs> but a lot of work. Like, people don't see it, so they're just they don't know, I guess. But it's just like it's a lot of work. Um, so and I'm I think that that's what gets that. scary too. I think that's what gets scary is people's again, like going to the retreat. Like the reason why we did it is to show that initiation is not the entry point. There's actually many levels of initiation into Haitian voodoo, like not initiations, but many levels yeah. to being a voodoo son. Like you can have like a lobby Ted, you can be an Unsi, which is like kind of like a like a deacon in a church. What's a lava um, Ted? A lavitet is, oh, it means like translation, washing of the head. Okay. Um, and like you're able to, it's like it brings you into um, a, a voodoo community. You become a part of the house. Um, it's like really your entryway to being a voodooism. Okay. Um, you find out your metet. Um, you know, you can serve, you know, the spirits that claim your head. You know, it's a, it's a way to really get into um, the practice. Yeah. And then there's Unsi, which is like a deacon. And then the Supuin, which is like kind of like a minister. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a, it's, you're a mambo or huga, but you're not, um, you don't carry the aston and okay. you can't initiate. Okay. And then there's the highest level is like a mambo or huga asogwe. So I'm an asogwe. Yeah. So I can initiate others and I use the aston, which is, okay. You've seen me use the yeah. ass on the rattle. Yeah. And like usually you'll see people like if you if you remember, there were people like maybe holding the perfume or holding the candle. Yeah. Um, even for people that may, you know, see my Instagram, 
if you look up, if you look at some of the videos where we're saluting the spirits, you'll see other people with me. Yeah. Sometimes it might be a mumble hugum, but most of the time it might be someone who's like an Usi or a supwen that might be holding the candle, holding the water, holding the perfume, right? Yeah. Um, and they're supporting, like their their job is to serve the serve the loa and to support other mambo and hugans are so great in the work. Okay. The same way you would see like, you know, a bishop getting support from other ministers or pastors in the church. Yes. Yes. Well, there y'all have it. Okay. There's many levels. Okay. Many, many levels. But that literally yeah. girl, that was literally the first the question. How do you get initiated? How do you get initiated? How do you get initiated? I'm just like, mm-hmm. we'll see. But um, I wanted you to discuss a little bit about um, how Haitian voodoo has impacted the Haitian revolution, because I feel like people forget that part or they don't know about that part. And then it's just like, but we were freed through this spiritual practice, but we don't we don't want to be associated with this spiritual practice. So how has Haitian voodoo impacted the Haitian, <laughs> the Haitian revolution? Um, it's the birth. <laughs> like it voodoo and the liberation of Haiti um can't not coexist. Yeah. Um voodoo was became the most alive, I believe, during the Haitian Revolution. Um when we think of Bai Kaima, which is the ceremony, I believe in 1791, that really liberated IAT. Yeah. Um and broke the shackles and really called in the loa. Um, you know, a uh, black pig was sacrificed um, to Ejuli Danto, and it really was the catalyst that broke the chains. You know, when we think of Ogun, we think of Nago Nation. When you see Ogun, he is a, a militant person. You know, when we think of Nago Nation, they're soldiers, they're warriors. They're like, you know, sometimes people who have dreams of Ogun, you see him in his military uniform and his hat and everything. You see soldiers of the revolution. And when we think of Ogun, Ogun was the Loa that really walked with our ancestors hmm. to really be the soldiers to free us from bondage, right? Yeah. You think of Ejuli Danter as like the mother of, of Voodoo because her spirit was called in to liberate IT. When we think of like the Petwo nation alone, that is the Haitian revolution. If you go to like, um, so there are certain different kinds of like Congo, um, um, Petwo um, ceremonies. And one of them I can speak on is called Bakye. And that is like um, a ceremony where you call in the Petwo spirit you know, everyone is in all white with their head wrapped in red. And, you know, there's a whip that is always going. It like mm. brings, like everything brings in the sound of the revolution. Mm. You know, some pe- some places, some houses may have like actually like 
Hey, Chef of Spray, it's your girl, Olenike Osibawale here. I want to tell you guys about two of my courses that I'm selling right now that have really helped me become the selfish babe and the goddess that you hear today. <laughs> I have my Selfish as Fuck Academy, Becoming the Selfish Babe, Love Yourself Deeper. And basically, that is my spiritual self-love course where I have about nine videos breaking it down step by step on how you can start loving yourself, how to pray for yourself, how to do your cleansing bath, your baths for magnetizing more, your candle, your candle magnet for self-love, tapping into your womb power, your yoni power, and doing self-love mirror magic. And so if you're a woman that's really wanting to just increase loving herself, really choose yourself, really become that selfish babe, then I highly recommend my Selfish as Fuck Academy. And I have put the rate, this is less than $50 to get all of these nine videos. You can find this at selfishbabe.com slash courses or below. Now my other course is my Securing the Bag, Becoming the Wealthy Woman course. You guys know that I've been a business owner since 2015. So I've been a business owner for about seven, eight years now. And I've, that's what I've done. I've sold physical products. And so in my Securing the Bag, Becoming the Wealthy Woman uh, Masterclass, I'm giving you about four to five different videos on how to become the wealthy woman. I'm going to be teaching you how to purchase a physical product you know, how to, you know, sell it online, how to market it, how to make the money. But I'm also going to be teaching you how to have your mindset and your spirituality right when it comes to attracting wealth and becoming a wealthy woman. It's more than just a physical product for me. It's about, do you feel like a wealthy woman? Is your mindset a wealthy woman mindset? Are you consistently affirming your wealth and your blessings on a daily? Are you taking your spiritual baths? And I do give you a spiritual bath to attract more money. And so that is the Securing the Bag, Becoming the Wealthy Woman Masterclass. That is less than $100. You can find that at selfishbabe.com slash courses. They're both below. Some kind of gunpowder, something like that. But you hear the crack of the whip. There's mm. usually the whistle. That is always blown, which is like the sound of the revolution hmm. coming from the soldiers, like everything. It's like hot and heavy. It's fast movements, hmm. fast movements. Like it yeah. brings in the fire of the revolution. And when people are mounted, it's like you feel it. Like it's wow. a wound. It's all petal spirits that were called during the revolution. And it's like you're hearing the clinking, like the clinking of pots and pans and plates like it's all the sounds of the revolution that come alive wow. in this ceremony and it's like it's like it gives me chills just thinking about it and so when we think of just alone the petrol nation that is the pantheon that was born in IET hmm. for the liberation of Haitian people for the liberation of this land and I don't know of any like not even just ATR I can't think of any spiritual practice that has a pantheon like that yeah that wasn't born outside of you know we think of like okay yes there is Igbo Congo um um Yoruba other nations of West Africa Central America that came into the belly of what is voodoo the Dahomey people yes yeah. Those are elements of voodoo and there is an element of voodoo that is specific to Haiti, wow. like to, to Haiti, right? Um, and I think that is what makes Haitian voodoo so unique and powerful because yeah. it makes it so ancestral because yeah. it was born here and it like has that legacy. Like yeah. you won't find the petal spirit like so in some other place is here yeah. yeah you have to go i agree yes i wanted to ask 
to because I know my selfish babes are going to want to know like for somebody that may be feeling a call to voodoo like what would you suggest what would your advice be like you know where do they go because I, I this I think this is what the thing is that has been for me that's been hard to answer for some people is because I have people I know at me at one point I was really interested in African spirituality ATRs and I'm like okay look at this book met this priestess got a reading and then from there things just kind of like progressed and I of course I'm talking to my ancestors and letting them know like what I would like or whatever so I tell people connect with their answers talk ancestors talk to them about it may the way be opened and then things just happen like that but I don't have a like okay you do this and you're gonna get into this like there's no one way like that and so I just wanted Mm -hmm. to know what your advice would be for somebody that's like hey I'm interested in Haitian voodoo how do I get started what would the advice be for those people so I do get a lot of people that are like hey I'm feeling calls to business and that practice can I get a reading on it I do read for people where I you know, see, like, it's in the cards for, you know, you to get initiated, for you to have a call to voodoo, for you to have a call to Ifa or to, like, your ancestral practice. Many things come up, like, you know, whether it's, like, being a, a bushwoman or being um, a doula or being, you know, a herbalist, a farmer, um, getting initiated into Ifa, going into voodoo, like, all those different things come up. Mm-hmm. I think the first entry point has to be getting a reading from mm-hmm. a trusted priest or priestess, um, whether it's voodoo or any other practice, get an honest reading. Like get an honest reading. And if you don't already have an ancestor altar, build one, Yep. you know, light a candle, ask a question, sleep with the journal near your bed, put a glass of water with a pinch of salt. And just ask for them to come to you and give you clarity and direction. And just wait, wait, write what you get, write what you receive, you know, release the spirit of fear and doubt and accept that what you're hearing and receiving is real. And it's from the ancestors. And if you are confused by the dream, go back to them and say, I feel confused when I lay my head to rest tonight. I'm asking for clarity. You know, dreams is a form of divination of voodoo. Yeah. So I encourage people to really just hold, like, know that dreams are also sacred as well. Um, and we have the power to connect with the ancestral realm in that way through the dream realm. Um, and surrender, like, seek community, go to a ceremony, come to Haiti, do things that actually get you connected to the practice. And know that initiation isn't like a, like there's no race. Yeah. I think people will say, okay, I went to a ceremony. Now what's next? I'm yeah. ready to get initiated. Like I had waited a long time before I got initiated. Like yeah. I was supposed to get initiated like four years before I got initiated. Cause I was just like, oh, I'm not ready yet. Let me wait. <laughs> like, like yeah. hold on, wait a second. Like I was just waiting it on like, yeah. And now it's like, I'm like, I'm <laughs> in it to win it for life. Like, I'm down. I'm down for the get down for life. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I guess I guess I don't understand the perspective of the rush either. Because, like, I've been told 
long before I got initiated. Oh, this would be good for you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, but I wasn't ever rushed. I wasn't pressed. Me too. I was not pressed. I said, okay, when I was, I was like, ready, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, ready. Cool, cool. When I was ready, I was ready. So then when people are like rushing to get initiated, I'm like, okay, I don't know what the rush is. Maybe they feel validated in some way. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, I like that. Um you gave out those steps. I like that you talked about connecting to your ancestors. And I just want to make this point clear. If you guys don't already know, ain't nobody going to be like, oh my God, queen, I feel your energy. DM me for a reading. Or they already DM'd you that. Ain't nobody valid is DMing you about a reading. So please do not fall for that. Okay. Do not fall for that. Especially when the Babalawas follow you on Instagram. No, no, no. And no shade, but I be blocking. No, 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 no. So what she said I is that too. a reading from a trusted reader, trusted reader, trusted reader. And Mumbo does readings herself. Do you mind kind of going over some of the services that you offer and how people can contact you? Yes. Um, so I do traditional voodoo cot readings, which is like the divination, like traditional divination style of an asogui. Um, so I read cards. Um, you can ask any question you want to ask the spirits. Um, I do travel wanga, which is like, I guess in an English translation, the best I can think of is like spell work, root work. Um, you have a problem or like an ebo, like yeah. you would say. Yeah. Um, like say... You get a reading and the spirits reveal what the situation is. And so therefore you should do this work. Like I'll give you a recommendation and it's not as closely linked. Like with Ifa, it's like you have to close the reading by getting an edible. We, there's no, like, you don't have to get, you know, longer, but if you feel you need, if you want to, if it's um, like a dire situation, like we will highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, then we have things like lesson, which is like, you know, we usually call in a spirit, um, to communicate with us. Like, for example, you know, you have things you want to ask Ogun, you know, we'll stop in the Ogun, like we'll call, we'll call in Ogun. Um, there'll be someone that is like taking notes and um, like communicating with the spirit and then there might be someone that's like doing other work like working with the client um, but it's a team effort yeah um, to to get the message um, and the spirit either will be there to do work or to say what needs to be done um, and usually like we take precaution after um, like what we need to do what the person needs to do um, what the situation is. Um, and it's very intimate. It's like, you know, that person is able to have a, a conversation about their life, their situation directly with the spirit. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm an herbalist and a Reiki master. So I do um, distant Reiki. Um, and I also do herbal consultation. Um, everything that I do offer, I do include voodoo. Um, so I do call in the loa. I do sing to the loa when I do Reiki. Um, you know, some people use Reiki symbols. I do like, I use the Veves. Yeah. Um, so I incorporate like voodoo into everything, even with um, my herbal work as well. I incorporate the loa. I use Caribbean herbs. Um, so yeah. <laughs> and how can they <laughs> contact you? That's where a lot you? of my services look. Um, contacting. Um, 
Anything you find, La Cudantes. La Cudantes at Gmail. Um, you can do the contact us on my La Cudantes page. Um, La Cudantes at Instagram. You can DM me. Um, Let's spell that real quick for the people. Yes. L-A-K-O-U. Um, and then D D E N E. <laughs> okay I love that and I we're gonna wrap this up but I wanted to ask a, like two or three more questions because it's come to my mind but can you talk a little bit about Papa Legba and just a little bit just a tiny bit because I did want to kind of like give myself a shape just a little bit of like some information on some of the Lua and then I just wanted to start with Papa Legba so we can just you know talk a little bit about yes. this um I'm be quick yeah <laughs> mommy time is coming and we have um, Mandiloa again. So we're going to call in the spirits to see who then. I do have to go soon. Okay. Um, but um, Papa Legba, um, Papa Legba, he is um, gatekeeper. Um, you know, he is in the beginning of the ceremonies. Um, is not the first thing we do, but he is in the beginning um, of how we open the way. Um, Papa Ligba um, is not Eshu. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people mix it together, but like Eshu is very similar to Gede, um, but also has the elements of Papa Ligba. Um, so I would say, yes, there are like the crossroads, but that's really about it. Like Papa Legba isn't a trickster, um, doesn't like do um, like make you lose things or play games like that is not um, an element of yeah. Papa Legba. He's a wise elder. Yeah. Um, and so Papa Legba, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we did the Red Rooster to Papa Legba. Um, a part of the retreat is because we wanted Papa Legba to open the gates um, for everyone, to open the roads, to open um, all good paths for everyone that was on the retreat. And so that the blessings of your ancestors, the Oisha, the Loa, everyone and everything will come in um, and just bless you with abundance and prosperity. Actually, I pray that Papa Legba opens up that this interview uh, reaches a global audience um, because I just feel <laughs> called for you to say his name. And yeah. um, my other question is, we all want to know, or is there going to be another trip? And my other question, my last question is, can, <laughs> white, can white people be initiated into voodoo? I know my people want to know. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to need to go. Uh, um. <laughs> I cannot say by myself that there's going to be another trip. Yeah. Um, I just tell people to follow y'all pages. Follow the pages. Yes. You know, this trip was born from both me and Miela. Um, so it has to be a decision we make together. We have dreamt about like doing it in Haiti or other places. Um, but it being the same message and theme of where the waters meet um, with Haitian voodoo and um, hoodoo. So that will always be the connection. 
Um, we might bring in other practices depending on where we are. Um, but, you know, it was something that needed to be born. Yeah. It had to be born. It was something that like was in my belly while I was pregnant and Niela came to Haiti and was my doula. And I told her, I was like, we were here. Like I was preparing to give birth. Like I was like two days away from giving birth. And I was like, I have this dream. Like I already wrote out the like retreat. Like I have this dream. Would you be down to do this with me? And she was like, I've been dreaming of bringing people to Haiti. And so like, we like brought it together, a dream, a vision of just like making this happen. Um, and it happened. Yeah. It was born. Um, but I don't know. I yeah. do pray another one will happen. Um, I will just say stay tuned. Um, because if there's going to be another one, it will be probably in like 2024. Yeah. Probably won't be another one in 2023, but probably 2024. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I get it. Like I said, y'all follow the pages. Okay. <laughs> That's what I tell people follow the pages. Right. You gonna give us this tea on this white people and initiation or no? Um, white people do get initiated into Haitian voodoo. Okay, it is a real thing. Okay, it happens. Um, there is white people in my house and my and the house that I'm initiated into. Yeah. Um. I will say that my own, I do have conflict and resolution around white people being initiated into Haitian voodoo. Yeah. Um, it doesn't rest well with my spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get that. And I only wanted to bring that up because um, <laughs> I have a guy sister that's white in, in my house and I don't I don't have any issues with it, but yeah. I saw like literally Yamoya open up her arms and bring my god sister in. And this is already mm -hmm. when she's already mm -hmm. initiated. And so it kind of broke down for mm -hmm. me only, right? My mindset of like, no, I guess some white people can be initiated into these practices. I understand why they're mm -hmm. closed practices. I understand as people of um African descent or black people why we may have um our guard up towards it as well. So I get all sides, but I mm -hmm. it was interesting mm -hmm. for me to see spirit open up with open open arms so I just wanted to get that answer from you just so people heard it from you know mm -hmm. my mouth but I wanted to say thank you so much Mambo Shisha for yeah, it's, it's, being on this interview it's not sorry I'm gonna say this last thing yeah, yeah um I will say that so in voodoo um it's very different from like Lukumi and Ifa like you have um you have your Ifa cor um, corpus like you have your Ifa corpus like poems and prayers like you have content that is brought throughout all houses. Like you have Odoo's that are Odoo's. Like there's yeah. no like, well, this house has this, like Edgy Oak Bay is like this in this house. No, Edgy Oak Bay is Edgy Oak Bay in every house, right? Yeah. Now it's not that way in Voodoo. Like Voodoo, every house has a different reglima, a different tradition, a different rule of order of how they operate. And so not every voodoo house is the same. Not every do everyone does voodoo the same way. And so that's why I say a lot, like, this is what I know. This is how I was raised yeah. because not everyone has the same experience. Um, now, there are a lot of houses that do not believe in initiating white people hmm. because ha Haitian voodoo is such an ancestral practice. Yeah. Right. 
now my spiritual mother has made the decision to do that because she believes anyone can be called to serve the spirit. Yeah. Right. And that is my spiritual mother's journey. And that is what she has decided to do with her house. Now that not, that is not every voodoo house. Yeah. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah. Um, Is you will meet people that don't believe that is possible and should be possible. And there should be an opening. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to be transparent about that. Like no, every house I love is that. different. No, I love the yeah. transparency and I love the answer because I know people had it on their minds and I, you know, just wanted to act. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you so much, Mambo, for being on the Selfish Babe podcast. I know my selfish babes are gonna yeah. follow you and just thank you for teaching us. Thank you for surrendering. Thank you for answering the call and yes, yes, and yes, building yes, a life yes. in Haiti. Um I know it hasn't been easy and I continue to affirm that you get many, many blessings and I just want to yes. give you a virtual hug. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Thank Mama. you for having me on here. Thank you, everyone who is listening near and far. Thank you for just hearing me, listening to me. Like, I'm sweating over here. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Hey, Selfish Babes, old and new. I don't know if you guys know, but if you follow Selfish Babes since 2018 or 2019, then you know I have a free self-love and daily affirmations app called Selfish Babe. Many of my Selfish Babes have found me, Oleniki Osibowale, through my app, Selfish Babe. But if you are a new Selfish Babe and just have happened to hear the podcast and happened to hear my voice, but had no idea that I had a free self-love and daily affirmations app, then please go to SelfishBabe.com slash app and download the app or go to your app store and search selfish babe any app store so that's the apple store or that is the google store and you can download it for free we have over 208,000 selfish babes globally on the app and i want you to become one of them you're gonna get daily affirmations and reminders and let me let you know guys know that my affirmations and reminders are not the everyday bland <laughs> everyday affirmations okay you're gonna get a little curse word or two okay a little reminder that you a bad bitch okay so you're gonna get a little bit a bit of those reminders okay so you want to download selfish babe today for free in your app store link below Mwah. love you guys